Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. We are going to talk to Mr. Franco Perez today. Having grown up in a family with an unstable housing situation, Franco is on a mission to create affordable housing in the Silicon Valley. And he and I both are located in the San Francisco Bay Area. He discovered that the Bay Area's mobile home parks offer an abundance of underused land with great growth potential. After years of dedication to his vision, Franco has established a devoted team of like-minded individuals who believe that their positive impact equals success. So welcome, Franco. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. So tell us something interesting or funny about yourself. And I'm guessing I did not spin, uh, spill all the beans about unstable housing situation. So of course, you are, feel free to talk about that as well. <laughs> something interesting about myself like an entertain like fun wise yeah well i love i love travel i love um i love going back to the philippines where i was from too uh that's something i love i feel like it's a place where you meet a lot of people and and you really learn how to kind of be happy without worrying about um any uh, other outside stresses so i think that's one thing that's that I love doing is enjoying and learning other cultures. Oh, that's great. So let's talk about, cause this is a uh, wealth building show and we invest in a lot of alternative assets, which of course the real estate is one of the big ones, right? What uh-huh. was your first investment and how did uh, it work out for you? Man, so with that, I don't know how, do you want me to talk about where I, when I started in real estate and stuff too? Sure. Yeah, so I guess I guess basically for for the view for the listeners too. I mean, I came from the Philippines with an Im- immigrant family, um, and my dad was really the breadwinner for the family. And, and bad situation happened. He left left me and my mom, my mom, which was unwell at the time, and my younger sister alone. So at about 17, 18, I had to learn how to survive, and I was working just doing marketing for a real estate company. I was like, hey. Um, Hey guys, I really need a raise. I need, you know, I just need to support and pay for rent this month. What can I do? Any, can I do anything for marketing? And they said, no, we can't do anything, but I'll teach you how to do real estate. Um, and up door knocking, man, door knocking from morning to night, did a ton of cold calls because of my desperation for just right. to survive. Uh, you know, got into being one of the top agents at that office and managing a ton of real estate and stuff there. I feel like a lot of people in real estate started kind of as an agent and that sort of thing. But through learning how to help investors and through learning how to help clients, that's really my entry into, um, I'd say my time in that was a big investment in real estate because you learn a lot of mistakes without having to put out my personal money at first, right? Um, And then- to be honest, actually, uh, the first investment was our project, our first project that we did, uh, converting an old mobile home to a newer one. So, 
got into mobile homes. After being a good top agent, I realized uh, an epiphany that I I am an agent and this whole agent industry is really, I, I got caught up into, with a lot of agents, their goals are really to help the wealthiest people I can help sell the most expensive real estate that they can. And that's kind of the nature of it. And I was like, man, you know, through going that struggle, I want to find a way to help people that were in my shoes, right? People that are just trying to make it that aren't, um, that don't have that money, but just want to get out of that rat race of renting um, and all those pains that I had to go through. So came across mobile homes, realized it's a perfect platform for people to get out of out of that renting rat race because out here in the Bay Area, it's either or in the in San Jose, for example, it's it's Bay <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and it's three you know thirty three hundred a month for a rent for for a family, yes. or buy something at one point six million, and yeah, there's nothing in one point six <laughs> exactly. It, it's it's a beater for that price, <laughs> yes, exactly. but but there's nothing in between. So all these you know the teachers, the nurses. These this work these working class people they can't just jump from renting into owning or coming up with right. six digit down payment to buy a million dollar home, right? And then studied mobile homes. I looked at all different asset types and realized that people are are able to kind of get something attainable. There's all these myths about mobile homes depreciating and that yeah. they're not that beautiful or bad communities but yeah, there is a lot of stigma around mobile a lot parks of bad stigma parks yeah. lots of misunderstanding um so took upon my mission to really kind of optimize these for people to have more opportunities teachers and stuff to be able to get out of renting and into mobile home ownership and get a get at an entry level more um get a lot of the benefits of owning their first home and then after they have that for a while, now, three years later, guess what? They have an asset that they can sell and then be able to afford a $1.6 million home. And we're seeing that over and over again, right? And it's just so fulfilling to be able to... When I was doing a lot of real estate for investors, it's like, oh, okay, thanks. you know, or right. and, they'll ex- and they'll expect a yeah, gift and, from... And, and done, yeah. Yeah, but, <laughs> but when, when I help one of these families get into their first mobile home... They're overwhelmed with so much feeling and energy. There's no compensation that can replace that yeah, for no, me. I, I agree. And, so, yeah, this is why I do mobile home parks because that was one of the reasons. Affordability, as we know that affordability, not only just the Bay Area, overall U.S., it's, it's, it, it has gone down the drain, right? Most of the people cannot afford. So I moved into mobile home park because I thought we can provide a nice place to live, right? Most of the parks are run down. The owners or the landlords are more like slumlords. They don't care about the park. So we come in, we fix up the park. And the idea is people have a nice place to stay. And in the end, we also make an impact, but make money, right? All of us want to make money, but if we can make an impact while making money, that's, you know, win-win for all of us, right? So Absolutely. But, but the stigma you reminded me because when I was raising capital for my first mobile home park, most of the investors did not want to invest because there was stigma. Oh, mobile home park? They would invest for an apartment building, a senior uh-huh. housing facility, but not mobile home park. It took me a while, 
And now when we have a deal about for which is for mobile home park, I have a lot of people who want to invest. So exactly are shifting. Right. Exactly. And it's it's really a misunderstanding. I mean, the media and movies and TV yes. shows make these look so horrible. And, and that's the only experience that they have around it is through the through the TV. Now, when you actually go into these communities, you'll come to realize that they are actually quaint, very nice places. Right. But just like in apartments, you have very not great not right. safe apartments, but you have beautiful luxury yes. apartments. And it's right. the same with mobile home parks. There are bad mobile home parks, but there are yep. very yep. beautiful yeah, uh, mobile home parks too. So let me ask you this question. How are, and this I saw on your website, how are mobile homes the secret treasure that people miss? Yeah, I, I think, you know, especially for the middle class and, and a lot of these, well, just like, to first answer that question, I think you answered it actually, is people don't, because everyone believes they're trash, right. nobody wants to be invested in it. Nobody wants to live in it and that sort of thing. So the people that are really thriving are the people that can look past that media stigma and find value in owning one of these or owning a mobile home park, right? So that's one big part of it. And then the other side is, for those that are renting and want to get out of renting, we have so many use cases of families that that are able to just shift their same payment, making paying three thousand three hundred a month on rent, and shift it to owning a mobile home instead. And that's the same exact payment. Some of it is towards the space rent to the landlord, right. and two thirds of it is towards an asset that they own, right? But there's this lady Hazel, for example, she shifted. She's a nurse and shifted those from uh, renting to owning a mobile home. And over the course of three years, her home appreciated from 300000 to 375000 right? And then uh, from that, she was able to sell and then buy into single family. Um, but, you know, that for someone like that makes a huge difference. It's a treasure, you know, a boost like that makes a big difference for these families that don't really have generational wealth right, right? right. so and it, and it allows them to enter into that real estate investing marketing so you mentioned because uh, even that's how i see that mobile homes are like personal property right they're like cars they depreciate how are these mobile homes appreciating you just mentioned about hazel she she bought for 300 grand and sold for three seventy five thousand. how do they appreciate because yeah how, uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, first off, it's every area, every city is a bit different. So we evaluate every park differently. So the, the city's density matters. And we look at the alternative of, of housing for anyone that's in this area, right? So we're in San Jose, for example, we have Google workers, we have a ton of, um, the alternative is to rent or buy a large single family home for 1.6, right? And then uh, when you buy into these, people are starting, just like you mentioned, like three, four years back, it's like still disgusting to think about a mobile home. But now it's, people are just starting to understand what these look like, how much of a benefit it is. Uh, so now that it's becoming more of an understanding, especially with like the millennials and the Gen Z, uh, they're seeing these homes as a perfect tool to live in. Um, but 
as far as the appreciation goes, I, I will say it's not always the case. There are areas like in Nevada where they do depreciate. It's mostly in the metro areas uh, that need housing. So it's it all comes down to housing demand. You know, is there a lot of workforce there? Is there rentals there? Is there homes available for purchase there? I'd say in parts of Reno area, these I wouldn't recommend buying mobile homes out there because they might depreciate because the level of entry you can buy a home for 400k uh then why would someone buy a mobile home whereas you know san diego it's a perfect place to own a mobile home uh and be able to hedge away from renting and not have to pay a huge tax bill or a huge entry uh dollar amount to buy a single family home right no i think that makes sense so Let's talk about, because you keep talking about renting. What is the true cost of renting? Why does it keep you poor and how can mobile homes help you? Well, uh, I think it comes down to understanding your personal cash flow, you know, and 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 how do you keep what you're already spending? Because we can't really get avoid paying for housing because we need a house, right? right? So uh, unfortunately, I, I feel like we're not really taught in school how budgeting works, how buying real estate is different than renting. Um, we're just kind of taught to live in the now and how do we survive for now? And what's the common things that our friends do, whether it's renting or, or whatnot. But uh, if we understand that rent or housing is our highest payment and every month we're paying that 3000 a month or whatnot, then it's really understanding is that 3000 a month um, uh, over the course of time, do I get any of that money back? The answer is no, right? Uh, now, if you change that for Hazel's, for example, if you change that to owning a mobile home, she's paying the same amount that she was paying in rent, but now two thirds of that is going towards something that she will get money back from later down the line. Then she's able to, um, her personal cash flow at that time, it's still going to look the same. But in the end, three years later, when she sold her home, she actually has an asset that she owns that she's going to be able to sell. So she actually paid down the mortgage and has an asset to be able to sell. But that hidden knowledge for people is really what where people get confused. Because why would I do that if I'm paying the same monthly? a huge part of your payment is actually going towards something you own. And that's the big difference. And unfortunately for a lot of the poor people or, or lower income people, we're not taught that difference and we're not taught how to have options and how important it is to start owning assets. Right. And you mentioned about millennials. Why are mobile homes perfect for millennials? Um, I'd say with, uh, a lot of our newer mobile homes that we're building, so we convert a lot of old these old mobile homes to new ones. Um, millennials have there's a lot of things that I could talk about. They they one is they have a lot of commitment issues, <laughs> but <laughs> but but um, you know throwing 300k as a down payment, for example, and getting a large large six, I'm sorry, seven digit home is a big commitment, right? But they want to get into owning. Um, and then they also love having 
something new, something uh, modern and something of their own. So a lot of the new homes that you'll see on our website and what what we've built, they're really nice homes to live in. You have um, you have all the tech that you needed. All our uh, switches can be controlled by Alexa and that sort of thing. But also, millennials also love having pets and having a sense of community, right? And you have a small yard and that sort of thing. But out here, it's really a locational thing. And, and millennials don't really, especially Gen Z, they don't really have that stigma in instilled in their brain that older people do as far as how mobile home parks are not a great place. Um, and we're starting to get a lot of people, especially from our social media, uh, inquiring and getting into owning these. So uh, let me talk about, because this is an investment show, how can investors benefit from this mobile home frenzy? Let me put it that way, where you know the renters want to move into a home do do you think if there is any way for investors to let's say you know buy the home for the uh, you know the new uh, would be buyers or can they carry notes or how does that work or are these buyers able to get uh, traditional financing? It is difficult. Um, it's actually one of the parts that I love about this business, but it's probably not the part that you'll love about this business. <laughs> but <laughs> it's very difficult to. Can, to be an investor and purchase out an old home and re, for a replacement there's there's the because it's considered affordable housing they don't want investors going into these parks and buying out these homes because they have to be they want it to be resident owned only right so with that it makes a hard um barrier of entry now uh, I would say from the park owner's side of value, like for you is like, hey, do you have, um, if you have people investing in your mobile home park deals with that, you know, that's probably a good investment because we're connected and we help park owners develop their their old looking parks and help them gain value on their mobile home parks by replacing their old mobile homes with new ones. Right. And that's where collaboration works together with park owners and our company as well, because we can find these parks with uh, th with areas of opportunity. We can turn a lot of these old single wide 700 square foot homes into uh, 1500 square foot homes, which is our normal case. Uh, but as far as the investment side, it really has to come from the park owners um, element, which is part what you do. Right. Thank you. So let me talk about this. Uh, what are some of the mistakes you have made while in your business or while investing? Oh, man. Um, you know, there was a time where we put... Uh, huh. So um, as far as mistakes that we've made, there's a few. There was a... I think one of the most important things for businesses is keeping good relationships. Um, there was a situation where I had built a home for a client. It was actually being delivered on an 18 wheeler uh, and that sort of thing. And it actually got, it was super windy um, and it, it actually got in an accident and flipped over or like oh, wow. went on its side. 
Right. And I was like, shoot, you know, I have some of my investors' money in here. I have the clients' money in here. And there's a lot of issues and a lot of emotion that went on. Um, how do I say this? You know, they didn't want to pay for the issues. It should have been their insurance that went over it. It became this whole conundrum of things that happened. Um, but it's a mistake I made and I wish I could go back to it now, but it's a vendor that I work with closely. And I, I think I got advice from a lawyer. I got advice from my investor and they were like, yeah, so the other party and get the money so that it covers the investment. Whereas I should have figured out how to work together with the person that made the accident and that relation, not having that relation key relationship, I feel like was a big mistake on my end because I wish I could have still had that long lasting relationship because one deal can, well, is only one deal, but we could have done tens of more business later down the line. So I think that's one of my biggest regrets is not, um, finding a way to work with a lot of my partners in this business. And, and the thing I learned from that is to treat everyone well, to be resp um, be reliable and that sort of thing in business. I agree. So what has been your best deal so far? Best or deal? Best investment? Huh. Um, personally, I... It's interesting because a lot of our stuff is by volume. So every unit is kind of not that great. But I would say, I was just talking to you earlier off uh, thing, but the North Carolina market, I've gotten a lot of properties there. And that, I'm a big nerd on market. I'm a big nerd on econ. And pre something I really went a deep study into a while back. I was like, shoot, should I do Texas? Should I do Florida? All these are too saturated. And I found out about North Carolina um, through a friend and and went really heavy there and have a bunch, about 17, a portfolio about uh, a mix of apartments and single family homes that had done an increase of about 45% in the last year. Um, and But I'd say that is my biggest investment that has felt like a success. But And what has been yeah. your worst deal? Like maybe you lost money or... <laughs> oh, the, the first deal we did ever was a nightmare. It was... Um, it was the first concept home of us re replacing an old one for a new one. And, and be, you know, it was through that experience of learning all these mistakes and all these rules, but we were completely negative, but I must've been, this is when I first started and I, I must've been negative about 30 or 40 after paying the invest, uh, after paying the investor back. But just cause I feel like for me, if I ever, lose an investor's money i'm gonna pay them back no matter what right. but through that experience it was a really really bad investment but it got me to learn to know what it was my college payment i didn't go to college 
college. So I, I considered it my right. my it's learning experience. Yeah, it's it's the it's a seminar, right? <laughs> exactly. So that was my learning through going through that, no know, knowing the risks and going through that. So oh, this is awesome. Thank you, Franco. Are you ready for fire round? Not at all, but let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> let's go then. Would you be changing any business or investment strategy because of inflation or recession? Um, the Yes. And it would be mainly around the construction element because affordable housing is such a big topic right now. So we want to boost our construction team to really be able to be more mobile and build more homes. We're getting into modular development too. So um, finding areas where we can do develop residential developments and that sort of thing. So that's a big area, arm that we're working on. That's awesome. Favorite investment, real estate or business book? Favorite? Um, I'd say Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Might be a generic one. <laughs> yeah, almost 70, 80% of my you know guests mentioned rich that poor dad so yeah so it helps agree. give perspective <laughs> yeah. it helps give perspective kind of like what i was so, talking about that's how it, i started too yeah <laughs> any tool or website you recommend or you cannot live without any tune or website uh, uh, any tool app website oh one is google drive Google Sheets and all that stuff. Right. But you know what I'm getting into lately is and and I'm really nerding out on is Notion. I think that's under oh, AI, right? Yeah. Yes. You know, I think I'm a big workflow guy. I'm a big systems guy. I love creating the proper systems. And I've messed with Monday.com, Asana, different yes. platforms. But I'm really loving Notion because we can design the proper stepping stones and tools for our team to be able to execute with minimal error. Right. Yeah. Right now we use Asana and Monday as well at different properties. But yeah, I can. Yeah. We looked into Notion. I may have to go back. <laughs> yeah. If you need help with that, we should talk. I will. Any advice for beginner investors? Um, I would say work with somebody that, that, that um, does it first. Right. Don't try to go. A lot of people are chasing getting into real estate investment and they want to do it on their own. Um, I'd say find someone uh, like you, for example, and go through an investment with somebody that's gone through it. Uh, I, I'd say that's my biggest piece of advice because I see a lot of people try to get into real estate investment. They watch Bigger Pockets, they love this, and right. then they think they can do it on their own. Yeah. And then they end up in a mess or a nightmare that we'll have to try to fix. But what's great is you can work with people and and learn from them. And then you learn the workflow and then you can go do it on your own. But doing the learning with a partner first is very important. Oh, I agree. How do you give back? You know, I'm. Uh, this might sound, sound biased, but I honestly feel that with our business, I feel like our business is really what gives back because in every case, you know, when we grow our team and our, I, I still to this day, when our agents have a success story, I still tear up of like joy. It's like, hey, this family that's never thought they were ever going to be able to own in this area, an immigrant family or a low income family, never thought they were going to be able to own. And then finally feel so grateful for that. 
I think that's my, I see that as giving back in a huge way because that's the foundation for them, for good people to be able to help more good people, you know, and, and that's my way of giving back too. That's awesome. How can my listeners reach out to you? Uh, most of our stuff is on www.franco.tv that has all of our links. We also have a food channel stuff that we do, um, talks about our mobile home stuff and yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Franco, for your time today. Hey, thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.